Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are quickly winding down Pastor Jim's expository preaching through the entire book of Revelation. Chapter 21 is our focus this week, and it's a great relief from the final judgment of chapter 20, where we saw all who rejected Christ and his provision for reconciliation with God forever sent to the lake of fire. History for the created universe has taken its course and is winding down. God's redemptive plan has been fully played out, and he has maintained control of every single detail ever since the beginning. This chapter serves as a great contrast to the judgment of the end of chapter 20, opening with a new heaven and a new earth. What is that, and what does it mean? Well, here is today's slice of the message entitled, New Heaven and New Earth. Now we arrive at Revelation chapter 21. There are only 22 chapters in the book, so we are very near the end. And today, Lord willing, we will look at this entire chapter, which is about what this passage itself calls the new heaven and new earth. There are many fanciful, romantic, and downright mythological ideas about heaven. If you want to know what God has actually revealed about where you will be for eternity, this is the place, Revelation 21 and 22. And do you know, no one is in this place yet, because this place isn't yet. It's going to be a new creation of God. What about those who have died and are with Christ now? Great question. Stay to the end. I'll answer it. One of the silliest ideas that is out there, and I think a lot of people believe this or at least speak as if they do, is the idea that God is in heaven, which that is true, and Satan is in hell, from which they run their opposite empires and they are strategizing against each other like two generals of opposing armies. It's total nonsense. Satan is not in hell. Hell is the lake of fire. We just saw last week when Satan is cast into the lake of fire. That's not his headquarters. That's the place he is fighting tooth and nail not to go to that he will eventually wind up in anyway. He will be there not until after the tribulation, after Jesus comes again, after Jesus reigns on earth for a thousand years, after Satan has been imprisoned for those thousand years, after he's released for a short time for one final rebellion, and then he's judged. So where is Satan now? First Peter 5 answers that. He now prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, he does have an army of demons who do his bidding, help promote his deceptions around the world, but he is not the equal opposite of God. 
He is a created being, inferior in every way to God. He can do only what God allows him to do. And God, and somehow in his majestic and sovereign grace, has allowed Satan this rebellion. Another silly idea is that people now with the Lord have no idea about what is happening on earth. There's nothing in the Bible that comes close to saying that. We did read Isaiah 65 that says, In the new heaven and the new earth, all these things will be forgotten. But uh, on the contrary, I'll show you more at the end. Um, Suffice it to say now that all who have died are conscious and aware. They are not haunting people on earth. Neither are they um, um, unaware of what goes on. They are either with the Lord or they are in a place of torment in Sheol or Hades, as described in Luke 16 and like we studied back at the beginning of chapter 20. There, if they are in that place of torment, they realize the tragedy of their rejection of Christ, but they cannot communicate with those on earth. There is this guy around, he's got a radio program and a website, I think he has or had a TV program, a guy named John Edward there are many others like him who claim to help people on earth get in touch with others who have, the term he uses is crossed over, they call it. And such people claim to be mediums. The fact is they are extra-larges, extra-large hoaxes, sham artists, manipulators, and deceivers. Now, there may also be a demonic component to what those people do because Who would want to deceive people other than Satan? But what I know for sure is that there is no communication back and forth between the living and the dead. We could go on and on with unbiblical ideas about heaven and the connections between earth and heaven, but that's not our agenda for today. What we want to do today is look at what God has actually revealed to us in His Word about the place that we will be with Him for eternity. So as we look at this chapter, check your ideas regarding heaven against what is here. And then there's a little bit more in chapter 22 that we will see next time. And I think you'll find a lot of what you've been led to believe about heaven might be a whole lot more mythology than it is theology. Just two simple points, 27 verses. There's a lot here. A lot of it I really can't help you by commenting on because it's so um, descriptive in itself and um, we just have to let it stand for what it says. But two simple points. This place is all new and you can tour the New Jerusalem, at least verbally, at least in your imagination, by reading this chapter. So this place is all new, we see in the first eight verses. Bear in mind, this is a real place that will be created, and it is described in human language. And so there's a lot of figurative language here. John used the best words he could. He was directed and inspired by the Holy Spirit as he described this place, but it is so beyond that you just have to, well, you have to apply some imagination and accept what it does say here. Now, one more scene rounds out this final portion of the book of Revelation. It shows the totally different destiny 
of those who trust God compared to those who will be in the lake of fire. We saw the lake of fire at the end of chapter 20. This is now the destiny of those who believe. This is the eighth and last scene associated with that seventh of seven bowls of wrath poured out on earth. Chapter 21 of Revelation, verse 1, John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. Now, this comes sequentially after the great white throne judgment. That's the judgment of all unbelievers and the judgment of Satan and all demons. And as is usually the case, John used words which are very similar to Old Testament passages, especially Isaiah 65, and give Dirk a gold star today. I didn't tell him to pick that passage. He did, but that's that's where Jesus pulled some of this terminology. Isaiah 65 contains a combination of a description of this new heaven and new earth and some of the facets of the earthly kingdom, like the lion lying down with the lamb, etc., the long ages, all those things. Uh, Psalm 102 is also where some of the words come from. Now, the key word here is new. It occurs four times here in verse 1, verse 2, and verse 5. This a word, it's a word that means uh, something completely new. Now, there is a Greek word that means relatively newer, like my new shoes versus my old shoes or something that follows in sequence of something older, like you might get rid of your old car and you might be blessed with a new car. But that's not the word here. This word means something completely new of a different kind than anything that came before it. The meaning of this Greek word, as it's used here, I looked it up and got several suggestions. It means of a new kind unprecedented, novel, uncommon, or unheard of. This isn't a new and improved model of heaven and earth. It is absolutely new in every way and of a completely different kind. As a matter of fact, when I show you the dimensions of the New Jerusalem, you're going to realize we're talking about a whole different dimension of existence and I'll show you why in a few minutes. 2 Peter 3.10 says, The day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. People who can't explain anything about anything theorize that there was once a big bang. They're wrong. There was nothing to bang. God created it from nothing, ex nihilo. God spoke it into existence. There's coming a really big bang, and it will destroy everything that God spoke into existence in this entire universe, and then He will unveil the new heaven and the new earth, completely new in any way. Now, there's something really interesting here. It also says, there is no longer any sea. Now, you might glide right over that, or you might stop and say, hmm, why is that there? Well, that says a lot more than it might at first sound like. Think about it. 
In this world, three-fourths of the earth's surface is water, and the hydrological system of the earth is crucial to everything we consider normal. The rain, the evaporation, the earth absorbing the rain, the runoff, the snow, the snow melt. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.